0: Have you ever wondered, is there more to the Word of God than just words on the page? Join us for an in-depth journey into the truth of God by means of open Socratic conversation. In Proverbs chapter 2, the Word of God says, If you accept my words and store up my commands within you, turning your ear to wisdom and applying your heart to understanding, indeed if you call out for insight and cry aloud for understanding." And if you look for it as for silver, and search for it as for hidden treasure, then you will understand the fear of the Lord, and find the knowledge of God. Welcome to Hidden Treasures Revealed. Good Tuesday to everyone listening. Hidden Treasures Revealed is back with you on Tuesday evening. Here with Phil. Phil, how are you doing today?
1: Doing very well. No complaints from me.
0: And if there was a complaint, then there's a lesson in it to learn for the next time or whatever we would be we dealt with, but same here. We actually just got back from celebrating the Passover. And what we do We had a podcast on this actually last year where we were actually at the beach and had the podcast there. Got back on Friday and was just thinking today, just rolling in my mind, what could we talk about? And had a few things come to mind from the Passover celebration. And we've been celebrating the Passover. Goodness, it's been maybe... Not the exact order, but maybe since 2000, you're holding up seven, seven times we're being at the beach, but we actually celebrated it, had a meal and had different things, but where we are now, we've increased in, in doing things differently. But, and I had a few things and I'll, I'll start with this. This came to mind actually, as I was come over, coming over to your house, that's something your daughter Tori said when she was actually on the podcast a week ago tonight, and she was talking about her Passover experience, and was just thinking about the Passover itself, and all the things that we did, all the information, and all the time we spent together, and the learning, and this came out to my mind. She made a statement, and this is a statement that Yah made through her, and she made the statement, she said, with what Messiah Yeshua did that he paved the way for us. And that really is speaking to me even now that when we talk about the Passover, there's so many layers to it, there's so much depth to it. And from an avenue of just passing over from death to life, Messiah passed over from death to life with him giving his life on the, on the cross, him being raised from the dead that he passed over, from death to life, being resurrected from the dead by the power of Yah, and actually passing over into the kingdom, the actual promised land. He's actually in the kingdom of heaven, which is the, the matter of the actual true promised land is the kingdom of heaven. So he's already passed over there. And in his own words, he told his disciples that I go and prepare a place for you so that where I am, you will be also in making statement to that because so many people through the programming, through what they think that they know, they assume that because they've made a decision to accept Jesus as Lord and Savior, that they're saved and they'll enter into the kingdom of heaven and that there's nothing that you have to do other than that. But with the statement of him paving the way, it spoke to me as just like your driveway here, you have a paved driveway that he even mentioned in his own words that I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes to the Father except through me, that Yah is the way, and him by giving his life a willing sacrifice, not out of obligation, but willful, in his loyal submission to his parents, That because of that the power of God he was raised from the dead and he made the way for us to do the same path we are called in the Word of God to follow him to walk as he did those that claim to be in him must walk as he did so our journey of passing over from death to life Messiah has paved the way but if you don't get on that road Mm -hmm. And you don't walk the journey, then the road is paved and you have a way to heaven, but you won't find it. You'll find death. And a lot of this is even from my past that so much of the programming is you listen to people and you latch on what people say and you believe it, and even believing in it, meaning you act upon it, that you think that you have the truth and you think that you know the truth and you're so convinced. But the way to know the truth is to have faith in God and to have Yah reveal the truth to you by you following the stipulations that are in their word. And it came to mind about the word of God. And this is a crucial thing that with Phil, with what we're doing here, and we've, we've said this quite a few times, but it's just going to be reiterated again. To the best of our ability, We are speaking the truth of god we are speaking the words of god that they give to us and we're messengers of theirs and yah has made it clear to us to have the mindset that to speak what you know and know what you speak and we're working in the practice of that that more and more we are speaking what we know and making sure that what comes out of our mouth that we really know what we're talking about and there's times where we'll catch ourselves and and I've said this even recently, I'll say something. And is that really true? Well, and that pause of, well, that tells me I'm not, I don't know for sure. So let me evaluate it. And that's why the word, as it says, to be quick to listen, slow to speak. And then from there, slow to become angry, but not even with an anger aspect, but be quick to listen to ourselves before we speak to make sure that, Are the words that are coming out of my mouth, are they true? Is it an appropriate mindset? Am I frustrated? Is this affecting YAH? Like, why am I, are we bringing this out? If we know the truth, then we will be able to speak it boldly, speak it in a manner of matter of fact, or in a soft manner, however YAH would want us to bring it out. But it's so important for us to really evaluate, do we know what we're talking about? And the way to know it is to spend time with Yah, to get into the Word, and we mentioned this, to seek with all your heart, to get on the journey, to know the actual Word of God, because in order to pass over from death to life, we must understand the truth of God and walk in it, not what man teaches, but what YAH teaches. This information that we're giving on this podcast that we've been doing for over a year, this is not information that we learn from man. This is information that we got, just like Paul, we got by revelation. We got by seeking it with all of our heart. We got it by digging into it and YAH saying, do you see this? Do you see this as the understanding? Them giving us opportunity to discover the truth not just somebody to tell us, well, you need to do this because this or this, but well, wait a minute the the Bible says this, God says this, so this is what I'm gonna go with I'm gonna even if you tell me that it's in the word, I'm gonna go and dig into it and find out is this actually the truth of God? is this in the in the word, and if it is, then yes, I'll go with it. It's so important that when you listen into this, you may hear things that. Wow, I've never heard that before. That's profound. Well, yeah, that's right. Well, before you would jump to that conclusion, evaluate it. Go to the Bible, which the Word of God is in the Bible, but the Bible itself is not all of the Word of God because there's the Word of God in it, but we have a translation of man that brought about the Bible, but the Words of God are there, but the Word of God is. Not just that, but Yah speaking to you at times audibly, Yah coming to you in discernment, thoughts come to mind in dreams, visions. That it's important that what we speak is the truth of God. And don't just listen to what we're saying, hear what we're saying and listen, but listen and weigh it against the word. And if it matches up with the Word of God, then do what the Word of God says. Don't do what me and Philip would suggest for you to do. Now, if it lines up with it, do it because the Word of God says it. And Phil, you'll remember this, a conversation we just had on Sunday evening where two specific times we were meeting together and Josh had said, Phil, thank you for this. And you told him, and even the second time was with a matter of fact, stop thanking me. And I understand what Josh is doing. He was being polite, just thinking, hey, I really appreciate you bringing this to me. But the understanding is, is that it's not me bringing it to you. I mean, it is that you're speaking the words, but it's God that's giving the information. And this really spoke to me this year at the Passover that I had been relying so much on, Phil, what you would say and others would say and being confident that it was from God and acting on acting on it from that perspective. But it really spoke to me to really evaluate what's brought to me and go to YAH with it and talk to them about it because they're the ones that bring this truth that we understand. It's their word, it's their promises, it's what they say. And we are ambassadors for Messiah. And in order for us to be an ambassador, we have to make sure we understand what are the words of Messiah? What are the words of ABBA? What is the word that mother is bringing to make sure that an increasing measure in practice, that we are speaking the truth with confidence that we are speaking with boldness, because this is about somebody coming from a place of death to a place of eternal life. That is in Messiah. We're going to be held responsible if we speak words and say that this is the truth of God. And then if it isn't because of us not listening to ourselves first and really evaluating what's coming to mind, why am I bringing this out? Even though the other person or people have, their responsibility to make sure that they're, they need to look into it as well. So they're going to be held accountable, but we will be held accountable because our teacher is God. We are the ones presenting their information. Be careful what information we give out because somebody could latch onto that and they could be led astray. And if we do that, then we're going to have to answer. God will say, well, why did you speak these words and say it was us when it wasn't? Why didn't you evaluate? And it's just, just bring this around again, that those listening to the podcast, we're speaking to those people that want to know the truth of God, that have the mindset, 100% seeking with all their heart, never to change that, so that you can find the truth of God. And you can discover this through seeking them out where God will reveal the truth because they're the author of this, and they will give you the information to be able to pass over from death to life. They will give you the information on each stage of the gospel message, which mentions the Passover in it, that they will help you and guide you through each step. But it's the word of God that is living and active, that is sharper than any double-edged sword. The word of God can penetrate even to bones, to joints, to marrow, even to the very soul of a person It's the word of God that will come upon somebody and it's our responsibility. And those out there that are seeking after this and those that are walking in the faith of God, the true faith, that it is not our responsibility to try to convince someone of the truth. Our responsibility as ambassadors of Messiah or to walk as he did and to display his life through our behavior, through our actions and what we say, And to speak the truth of God and leave it alone. Not to go back and try to convince somebody that, why didn't you do this? Why didn't you do that? Now, I'm not setting aside rebuke and discipline from God that you go to somebody, hey, God had brought this to your attention. Are you evaluating this? What are you doing with it? But what I'm learning more and more is I, in the past, have been trying to do things to convince somebody else to do something even getting frustrated and angry with it where the truth of god is just like that sword it's so sharp and so precise that you can speak something to somebody yah tells you through discernment or actual words hey say this to this person and you say it to them and you may think it has no effect you may think nothing i don't see any change i don't understand But just think of it like a sharp tool, a double-edged sword that's sharp. That it's so sharp that it's going to cut the person. And if you've ever had, um, Phil, this is an opinion, but I'm thinking this is true, that you've had times where you've cut yourself even a little bit and you get nicked and you feel it. But if you don't do anything to get that wound taken care of, and it's just going to keep bleeding and you don't understand that you're wounded and you're bleeding and you're struggling with something. And I don't understand why this is happening. And well, you got cut and you fought against it and the wound just is open. And it could be years down the road of you getting hit with the word. And all of a sudden it'll hit you that you've been either ignoring the pain, not paying attention. Take that on the other side, instead of fighting against it, embrace it and be willing to be cut in order that you can be healed. Somebody has cancer and you want the cancer removed. Well, you have to be willing to go, if you're going in the world to get treatment, you go to the doctor, you have a tumor and you have to be willing to let the doctor cut the tumor out of you. But if you're not willing to, and you're on the table fighting, the doctors, well, I'm not gonna perform the surgery because you're fighting against me when you're ready then i can do my detailed surgery so if you fight against this apparatus that i have it's only going to cut you we have the responsibility with circumcision of the heart that putting on the full armor of god that we have access to the sword of the spirit which is the word of god which is mother within that she teaches us how to handle the sword because if you're going to handle the sword appropriately You're not going to cut yourself, but you will cut others, but it'll be YAH doing it through their word that even in Revelation where it talks about Messiah, where he, out of his mouth comes a sharp double-edged sword because he speaks the absolute truth of God and it's going to cut. And if you fight against it, you're going to get cut all the way around. So it can only, it can either hurt you or it can heal you, but that weapon is so precise and so powerful that we don't need to defend it. It defends itself. And I've just, I know for me, I've spent so much time in frustration and aggravation on why other people, even my own family won't come to it. And you say things, you present the life of Messiah in front of somebody and, and you look at it and think, well, why isn't anybody changing and all these things. But our responsibility is to walk as Messiah did and speak appropriately when it needs to be on an aggressive manner, when it needs to be in a passive manner, whatever it is, that we're of a higher calling of we are the embodiment of Messiah here on the earth. And it's very important that we actually speak the truth and know what we're talking about. And this is something that it's a continual practice and it's a mindset, just like prayer, pray without ceasing is an absolute mindset that you're going to continue having communication with God, never ceasing that. So this is a, a continual learning and growing process. But Messiah, yes, he died and rose again, paving the way. But he paved the way along with Abba and Emma with their work so that we can follow in their footsteps. And we're called to follow in his footsteps, not he doing everything, and then we just sit back and have the spoils of eternal life. No, we must walk as he did. We must do like he did. We must walk under the law, and we must have the written code nailed to our cross, just like he did. We must overcome sin, just like he did. And to be able to enter into the kingdom of God, we must have the fullness of all three immersions, as we've talked about before. So, Phil, I'll let you have any thoughts that you would have on this, but really my the thing that was really speaking to me about the the Passover from death to life is it's so important as we celebrate the Passover and continually make changes that we really make sure that we listen to ourselves carefully, what we're saying, why we're saying it, what attitude it is, and make sure that we're actually speaking the truth of God to the best of our ability, not speaking out of what we think we know with opinion. Even though we will give opinions, we can be in our family or group setting and just say we'll have opinions. But for us to make statements of truth that we are working in the aspect of getting away from speaking what we think we know and speaking what we do know.
1: Well, I want to speak to the aspect of When we're presenting the truth, I am not perfect in the truth, but the truth is perfect in me. And so I want to make it clear that when we speak about the truth of God, it is the truth of God. This isn't about what we think and I'm going to do the best I can to speak the truth of God, because if I'm doing the best I can, then... I'm doing it, and i'm not i am oh, i have the indwelling of mother in me, which is the absolute truth, and that goes with the statement that was saying that uh, i I am not perfect in the truth, but the truth is perfect in me because it's mother in in us that gives us the information where we may i uh, where we may misspeak. Generally, and I see this um and I've seen this is not the aspect of the truth, but it's in an aspect that we're trying to use to explain what we just said, and we we didn't maybe we didn't evaluate that all the way through, and is this the best i uh, the best thing to use as an explanation? It doesn't really line up with that truth that we spoke um and so we do have to listen to ourselves and make sure that, you know, we do go back and we listen and we figure out, okay, was that uh, the best example I could have used to describe the truth? But when it comes to the truth of God, it's not us speaking it. It's mother through us. And so it will be mother doing the best she can. And so we will not falter when it comes to speaking truth. And we want to be like Paul, where everything Paul spoke, he spoke with with authority, just like Messiah did, Messiah, uh, and Paul, and the the others that had the fullness of faith. The way they were speaking was unapologetically that this is the truth. This this is it. And then we have to we have to figure out in our mind, and this is where take every thought captive. Is as we're going to give a parable to help explain the story or to explain the truth, then we have to take that thought captive just to okay, is this does this match up with that truth? Because there, there is where the truth comes out, and then we go in to also give some explanation of that truth, and that's where. You know, things from our lower conscience can come up. But as far as the truth and the when we profess something is true, it's true without fail. Now, somebody wants to challenge that. That's OK. If somebody wants to say, well, no, that's not true. OK, then the burden of proof is on you now to prove to me through the word of God, through the Bible, and through Messiah's life that that truth is wrong and until you can do that then the truth isn't wrong and so and this goes back to we really want to be careful when we're professing this is the truth of God that we are uh, methodical with our thought process in the midst of it. And then we're taking the thoughts captive and we're evaluating what am I saying? What am I uh, offering? And then what is it that's the message from God? And what is it that's me explaining that message? Just like Paul, when Paul uh, spoke, um, I think it was in Corinthians where he's talking about love and marriage. And, and he says, the Lord says, And then he, and which is absolute truth. And then he goes into not, not the Lord, but what I say. And so that's where we could get in trouble if we're not paying attention is the, this is what I say. And so the best thing for us is let's just make sure we're trusting mother that she's going to guide us in what we need to do and how we need to do it. And then. There's no concern of, oh my gosh, we misspoke or because we will go back and evaluate what we said. And then if something that is said that is made clear to us through mother, then we will bring that back up and say, this was stated in this situation. And let me show you how that doesn't line up with the truth that we spoke. This does. And then give the correct uh, perspective or analysis of it. Um, but it's really important that when we offer the truth of God, this is why we're going to be held accountable. And if we're going to be held accountable, we want to make sure that we know with absolution, it's the truth of God. And then we're going to speak it because we're going to be held accountable to it. And on top of that, we're being an ambassador for Christ. We're, we're being a messenger for God. And so the objective goal is not to offer things as a, well, I think, or maybe, or no, when we offer things, we're going to offer things with an absolution, with a, a, uh, an end to it. It's not going to be, well, we'll sit here and argue about it and, 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 Maybe we'll agree to disagree. No, if I know it's true and and I shouldn't speak it if I don't know it's true, then I know it's true. I'm not going to argue with you because if I argue with you, I'm trying to convince you. If I try to repeat it three and four and five times, I'm trying to convince you of something. Rather than speak the truth, speak it, Boldly as we should, and speak it with confidence so that people will see that there's power in the speech of truth when it is absolutely true. And so, I just wanted to touch on that perspective just to give a little more clarity on the aspect that n- no truth of God that we have offered throughout this podcast none of it is wrong none of it is uh well maybe some of our explanations at times have we've gone back and well what about this or uh, yeah I, that probably wasn't the best way or that really didn't line up with it but as far as the truth of what we present and we should make sure that we're making it clear what that truth is then And then in the practice, we will get better and better at uh, making sure, again, in the process, taking every thought captive, making it submissive to Messiah, because even speaking truth, you can speak wrong. And that's another objective. Just because you speak truth, mother may be saying, don't speak it right now. And you speak it anyway because you think that it's important to speak well the harm is to me not to somebody else because it is true whether somebody likes uh, wants to accept it or not it is true i'm the one that has to answer because of the way i delivered it or the fact that i delivered it without the okay from mother and so we we just really um have been and will continue to and want to uh let what we're doing here be Mother speaking through us we don't have to defend it any truth that's truth will defend itself it, it doesn't matter and people can say well that's not right and that's not right and that's right not not right whatever you profess isn't right then you have the burden of proof to prove it wrong because you're the one countering it or fighting against it and with the the truth that we've spoken on the podcast uh, i it's irrefutable it's it can't be moved because it is truth when we talk about accept jesus as lord and savior is not the way to salvation. That is absolute truth. Now, you will make Messiah your Lord in this journey, and after you've proved by your actions of following Him and doing what He says and living like He did, then He will become Savior for you. But it's not a fact of accepting Him as Lord and Savior. The truth is the truth, and you have to have faith in the Son, but to get to that, you have to go through the Father, and these things are absolute truth, and we have proof through the Bible itself that many ignore. And again, the people we are going to be able to uh, have an impact on are going to be the people who really want to know the truth. Who, who have consigned it that they don't care how it affects them, that they want to know the truth more than anything. Those are the people that we're going to be able to impact and reach. Not convince, because it's not my responsibility to convince you. What God has given us a responsibility to do is to speak the truth. Just like he did with the prophets here's the message tell the people that that's our responsibility he didn't tell Jeremiah I've got a message for you and you're going to go you're going to go tell the people and you're going to make sure that they understand it no as a matter of fact he said I got a message for the people you're going to take and by the way they're not going to pay attention to you just like a lot of people won't pay attention to this. I have family members that have uh, listened to one or two or uh, of the podcasts, or started to listen, and they don't listen anymore because they don't want to hear it. Because everything we speak about, if you're uh, locked into Christianity, it speaks against what you're following. And uh, again, we don't do it. With um, malice, we do it because just like when God said, "Why will you die, O Israel?" you know, wake up, wake up, sleeper, before calamity uh, comes op- comes upon you and that's the same cry that we have is stop listening to people and listen to the word. and like you said, when we present something, the truth we want people to verify it through God and the word. We don't want them to just accept blanketly what we're saying. And so in order for us to influence people, okay, and influence, that's kind of one of the things that's in a name that God had given me, uh, that being influential. And anybody can be influential. uh Because influence is driven by confidence. Okay. You, when you are, when you know what you're speaking about and you're confident in that, or you you don't even have to know what you're speaking about, you don't have to know it's true. But if you are fully confident in it, anybody else who agrees with you will be influenced by you. But you will not influence anybody who doesn't agree with you. You you're not going to have somebody who is a Republican become a Democrat because you you're going to convince them of it. No, they have to decide that they want to change. Or vice versa. Or, you know, it doesn't matter which one. The reality is is that be careful with your influence. Be careful with that which you have confidence in to make sure it is absolute truth. And then you won't lead people astray. It's when you you lead people astray by being confident in that what is not true. And you and I talked about this recently about Hitler. Hitler was very influential, but was his uh, life and his actions appropriate? And so you Anybody can be influential. Criminals are influential on people who uh, agree that being a criminal is what they like. And if they like it and you're fully confident in it, you will influence them. Even like uh, Charles Manson with the people who followed him, uh, the, these different cults that are out there. Why? Because they're influential. But their influence is coming to you, not from a true reality of God. It's coming from a true place of selfishness within the individual themselves. And so we really do want to be careful. If we are confident, we want to be careful and make sure that I am confident in something that is true than something that is false. And then those that are seeking God with all of their heart, those that have a heart after God's own heart like David, those that wanna know the truth regardless of how it affects them, will be able to be influenced by us and what we speak about. We, our responsibility is to know the truth and carry it with confidence. That's what gives us the ability to speak with authority from God. Because we know it and we're confident in it and we speak it. And when you hear people speaking in terms of, I think, I believe, well, it might be, or it should be, or it could be, those are terms that tell you that those people are not confident in what they're professing. It tells you that they waver because. Well, I think that this is the way it is, but we don't want to speak like that. When we're offering the truth of God, we want to offer it. This is the truth, period. You have to go through Abba, the father first, before you go to Messiah and you can fight it and you can say, no, that's not the way it is. But in the end, when the final judgment happens, you're going to find out that's exactly the way it was. Just because you choose to ignore the truth, that that's your problem, not, not God's. And so be careful. And this is why I really want to be methodical with thinking about what I'm saying, why I'm saying it, how I'm saying it, uh, in order that I give the truth in absolution but I have to be taking the thoughts captive as they come to my mind so that I can discern between is the enemy trying to squeeze in here somewhere? Is this coming up from my lower conscience without me recognizing it? And I have to consider those and then evaluate that against the word of God, the life of Messiah, and then make a determination in a split second of No, this is the truth of God, and I'm going to speak it as though it's truth. And what we speak of truth of God, we will speak unapologetically. Now, that doesn't mean uh, we're gonna speak it mean and hateful, no, it's just we're going to speak it without making apologies for it because the truth of God needs no apology people need to accept the truth of God and walk in it and they will see and so we want to influence people but I know that just because I'm influential does not mean that I'm going to influence everybody I'm going to influence people in that what I'm confident in and I'm making sure that my confidence is all about my faith in God and nothing else so that I don't lead people astray so that if they do follow me, they do uh, not follow me, but do what I say. My objective is, my influence to you is evaluate it, figure it out so that you know it for yourself, not just that I said it. So even if you're following somebody who's who you're influenced by, it would be really good for you to evaluate. Is their life really the life that God has laid out in the Bible? Or is it the life that churches have taught people that it's okay to live? Because we are not of today's church. We are living the church of Messiah which was the same church that you see in the Bible that Messiah started with his disciples. And that's, that's our goal. We have no doctrine but the Bible itself. We follow what the scripture says and the understanding of it, and we're able to understand it because we have mother within us. And so when we speak truth, let's make sure that we're speaking this truth unapologetically with absolution and without falter and fail and mother will be the one that if a correction needs to be made, the correction will be, will be made aside from that we have confidence. And that's the beauty point about the faith that we have now that we didn't have in the past was the confidence the the confidence messiah look at how much confidence he had to walk the walk that he walked he's influential but only to those who want it to be those who want to accept his ways and follow him and do what he did he can only be influential to that if if you want to be influenced by the soft feel good that allows you to get away with sin, then that's not Messiah. Messiah is not influencing you. And if it's not Messiah influencing you, it's the enemy. And so I just wanted to hit on that a little bit as we were getting into this, because it's just important that one, and we, we say this a lot in the gathering, Know what you speak and speak what you know. So as we're speaking for God and we're speaking in a forum like this here, or we're in the gathering, we want to make sure that, that you and I, above all, above everybody in the gathering or anybody listening, is that we're taking every thought captive, making it submissive before it comes out, and then we have nothing to answer for it because we will speak the truth and we will be able to receive that well done, good and faithful servant without concern or worry about it. And so this is part of something we talked about on our walk last night was we have to have the confidence in what we speak. So we, it's up to us to make sure that What we speak is true, and we will have full confidence in it without apologies and without going back on it and uh, retreating rather than, no, this is the truth. And, well, the parable of sorts that I tried to give you didn't exactly line up. It wasn't exactly right, Uh, but the truth within itself, it is right let me evaluate another way that I can present it to you. <clears throat> if somebody asks, you know, well, how does that line up with what you were saying? And you might, well, probably wasn't the, let, let me give it to you this way. So I. Uh, bec- the reason I, I'm speaking to this so passionately is because this is what's missing in uh people teaching and preaching, they're not teaching and preaching from an absolute perspective. They're teaching and preaching from a what-if perspective or I think or I feel or I believe instead of "No, This is the truth. Which one of the denominations in Christianity will make a statement that they are the ones that are going to heaven and all the other denominations – in Christianity or not going. None of them. If they, if they had the understanding and the willingness to be able to do that, they wouldn't be a part of Christianity. They would be a part of the true, the two church, the true church of Messiah. And that's a reality. That's a fact. And if you listen to the teachers, every time they're speaking about something, well, I think it's like this and hearing on a radio program where a statement's made of we, uh, we don't really know, but then we go into a 10- or 15-minute uh, explanation on something we just told you that we don't know or we profess that nobody really knows, but this is what it could be. Well, why does it matter what it could be? If you don't know, just say you don't know, leave it at that. I respect that. I truly do, because if I come across something I don't know, well, I'm going to inquire of God. I'm not going to speak about it. I'm going to inquire of God, because I want to know, and I will sit there and evaluate and roll things in my mind, and I will be slow to speak. And it doesn't matter how much time it takes. I would much rather it take me 20 minutes to, to get out the this, the one truth than to be able to speak 50 truths in 20 minutes but nobody be able to understand. And so just uh, really important that we want people to know that we're offering the truth of God and we have to have confidence in that. And then the evaluation on the explanations and that's where, that's where we do the best we can, but we, we are perfecting. So we're not perfect. And so we have those areas where we may explain something, uh, not exactly how is the best way. And in that we we always come back and well, this is what we said, but that wasn't exactly right. Here's the truth of it and then move on
0: and you could help me with this could you turn my um, headset volume down a pinch i don't know where the button is just to yeah not that much <laughs> that's good yeah i'll just appreciate that my um evaluating what what y'all saying here walking as messiah did isn't just speaking his truth it, it's his demeanor, his attitude, his mindset. And, and people may say, well, how do you know what his mindset was? Or, well, we know because we're in him and we get discernment and we're actually walking as he did where people actually said of him that people marveled at his words because he spoke as one who had authority because the very words that he was speaking were his mother and father's words, because he even said, I do everything the father tells me to do. So if your information is coming directly from God, which it was, that my Father has given me what to speak, well, you can't get any better than that because that's the actual Word of God. That's where the confidence comes in your confidence in Yah. I had this thought, I set my mind in this this afternoon, that my confidence is not in me, my confidence is in Yah. And therefore, when I'm confident in them, that will, I will be confident, but it's the confidence that's in them that brings the true confidence because if it's me, then it'll be the, um, well, and still working through that in a process. Because if you go back to the other podcasts we did, and we're improving in this, we had more filler words, more, ums, well, you know, those things and that's programming. And we're working on that. You made this statement and I made it to that we're ambassadors for God because an ambassador is one that is an ambassador for a country, but goes to a foreign land. For example, the ambassador to great Britain or whatever country it would be that you go to that country. You're an ambassador for the country that you are from. We're an ambassador of America, but we're going to this other country. And it's the same with us. We are in the world but not of the world. We are of the kingdom of heaven. So we're here as an ambassador, a Messiah, that we're his body on the earth, that we are him, his flesh, his bones, that we're, we're walking his life here as the ambassador. And what kind of example are we setting if we're not walking as he did, if we're not not only speaking the truth boldly, but as he told his disciples, be shrewd as serpents, But innocent as doves, meaning that you really evaluate and listen to yourself and you be very methodical, just like a serpent, but in your demeanor, your humility, be as innocent as a dove. So it's a a balance in that. But Phil, I could sit here and say the same thing, even though it's the truth of God. I could just tell you over and over and over and over, but you will not be convinced until you do what is necessary from the Word of God, which it says... In Psalms, the word of the Lord, the law of the Lord is perfect, converting the soul. You've got to take the truth of God, you've got to internalize it, and you've got to make a decision that you're going to believe in God. That's the point of the truth is that we, what we're, what our objective is, and we talked about this, we may have talked about this on the podcast, I know we did in our our gathering, the two words that are said the same, but they're spelled differently, affect. A-F-F-E-C-T, and effect, E-F-F-E-C-T, that our the the way this is handled is is that effect is the cause, and then effect with the E is the effect, so you have cause and effect. You have effect with an A, the cause, effect E, which is the effect. Our responsibility is to affect people by speaking the truth, so we, we bring that cause to them. It's the other person's responsibility to look up the information, seek God with all their heart, so that it will be able to affect them. What I've done before is I've attempted to keep just driving it on somebody that you need to listen and you need to do this so that, I, that that'll affect you and that'll get you to listen because I keep telling you if I yell it louder and if I say it with more, but if you reject it, and you don't let it influence you, it doesn't matter how I bring it. But if you are seeking God with all your heart and you really want it to effect you with an E, then you will allow it as even the word says that when they listened to Paul, when Paul was speaking the truth of God to them, they were cut to the heart because the sword of the spirit was doing its job. And they said, what must we do? And Peter told them, Repent and be baptized in the name of Messiah, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit, which is circumcision of the heart. It's our responsibility to bring it to somebody, but we can't, we don't have the ability to put it on them and make them believe it and act upon it. All we can do is, just like Jeremiah, you mentioned, you put it out there. And you knows that with where their hearts are at that time, that they're going to reject it. But your obedience to me is what I'm looking for. So you speak to them. And if they reject it, they do. I'll handle those people if they stay with a, a hardened heart. But you're my ambassador, Jeremiah. You go and speak to them. You trust me and I'll take care of you. And if they don't repent to me and find the fullness of it, then they'll have to deal with me as well. For why did you reject the prophet's message? Which the, the prophet is just somebody that's speaking the words of God. All Jeremiah was was just like us is just a messenger. Just I'm just speaking the word of God to you. You do what you want with it. I'm I can't make you do anything, but I can control what I do because there's a warning in Ezekiel that if you warn a righteous man and they don't turn, they'll they'll have to answer. But if you don't warn the right the or if you warn somebody and they don't do it, then the blood's not on your hands. But if you don't warn them, then the blood is on your hands, no matter what they do. Do you have something you had?
1: Well, it's it's all in what God directs you to do. Jeremiah wasn't uh, doing the things um, all on his own, deciding what he was going to do. No, the word of the Lord came to me, and then he spoke it. And this goes to uh, explaining, probably uh, giving us the best understanding of, of what we've done with the truth, not that we spoke truth wrong, but don't cast your pearls before the swine. So, uh, and this is one of the Passover uh, things that I learned this year, and I spoke about it on Saturday morning in the podcast. Some is the aspect of trying to convince people by speaking the truth and speaking it in such a way in hopes that, well, you'll do what I'm I'm telling you to do because I know it's true. Well, it is true. And the truth is not hurt by that, but it's me deciding when I'm trying to do that instead of God saying, hey, okay, go to this person and tell them this. Well, okay, that's I'm going to do that because that's obedience to God. But what I had realized was that there were times of me trying to convince people by speaking the truth when they weren't even receiving it. Uh, it is probably about a year and a half ago, a little bit more than a year and a half ago. I had a guy that used to work for me when I had my own business and, uh, he was in a church and he was doing a testimony and, uh, he came to visit me. Uh, he stopped by my work and, uh, he, he wanted to get a picture with me and I, I, sat down with him and, and I talked to him for two hours, uh, telling him all kinds of truth about God and thinking how great it was to be able to tell him these things. And he got his, he finally got his picture. I left, I mean, it wasn't a, it was a a cordial, you know, he got the picture. he, He heard me out, but in the end, never heard from him again since that point. And it's been a year and a half later, and there was a lot of truth stuff that was shared. But that was me trying to convince him. And so that's why in a year and a half, I I don't pursue him. I don't go after him. I don't try to, hey, I want to talk more about, no. If he wants to know the truth of God, then he'll come talk. If not, then. It doesn't matter anyway because I can't convince him. But what I realized at Passover without knowing it is I would use the truth more often to try to convince people to do what I'm telling you to do. Even though it's true, it's not the appropriate way to do it rather than no wait for God to tell you, go speak to this person. That's when it's going to be effective. When you try to do it on your own, then it's just not going to be effective. And it can uh, cause you frustration in the midst of it. And so we just want to be careful. I know for me, learning that uh, at Passover is that I want to be careful that I'm not trying to convince people, trying to manipulate them into something rather than if you want to hear the truth, I'm going to share the truth with you. And it's up to you. If you want to come back with more questions and if you want me to go deeper into things, it's just like us doing this podcast. If somebody hears it and they want more, they'll listen to more. If they hear it and they don't agree with it, we can't influence them anyway. And so it really doesn't matter and the heart in it is that i want everybody to understand the truth about god as uh as i understand not necessarily as i understand it but just to understand the truth of god because it's so important to have that and in that wanting people to do that then there were times that i would speak and it would be casting pearls before the swine because they really, they really weren't there for that purpose. Like the young man that I came and wanted to get the picture. I no no, um, it it was in vain because I was trying to convince him and he was there for the picture. That's all. If, if I would have just taken the picture with him and he would have gone about his way and he would have been fine. I mean, otherwise, there would have been some sort of contact, and I did text him one time just to see you know what he was up to or whatever, and I never heard from him again and I don't know why, but it's not about him, it's about me, and one of the biggest lessons I've learned, and I'm still learning is that I cannot convince anybody, nor should I try to convince anybody rather than i uh, influence them to discover it on their own but they can only discover it on their own if they truly want it they have to want it more than anything in order to be able to discover it and in those times that's when god will say okay go speak to this person take this truth and go speak to them now There will be times where God will say, okay, take this uh, message to these stubborn people. They're not going to pay attention to it, but what it does is it removes excuses for those people. God puts in place everything in your life so that you, at the end, when you're standing in judgment, will have no excuse before God you won't be able to blame anybody else you won't be able to blame god you will only have the finger pointed at yourself and at that point it's too late once you perish from this earth it's too late but we can't wake people up we can't we can't get people to hunger and thirst for righteousness We can't do it. They have to do it on their own. When they do that, then they can discover the truth of God and therefore be saved by walking through the gospel message. But for me, that was what I had set my heart in again uh, from Passover is I'm not going to try to convince people. I'm not going to try to convince people of this truth. I'm going to speak it. I'm going to speak it with uh, confidence, and I'm going to speak it uh, because it's the truth and it needs to be heard. But what you do with it is between you and God. The only person I'm going to answer for is me, and so I'm going to make sure I'm following the truth of God and that I'm handling it appropriately, that I'm yielding the sword of the Spirit at the appropriate time and the appropriate time is when you says, okay, go to this person and talk to them. And this is what you're going to tell them. Or they may just tell you, go talk that person. And in the midst of your talking to that person, then God will give you information to feed them. But, but I'm, uh, I've been learning more and more that, Somebody doesn't want it. You can't convince them. It's all with a a good heart that you really want them to know the truth of God, but it's to no avail.
0: Well, Yah is the one that knows what the person needs. We think. Now, let me. We may be able to discern, and and I know that this person needs the Word of God, but Yah will look at them, and they know, and can see more than we can see because they are they're perfect that they can look at somebody like they could look at us and say, I know when you need this, when you need it and I'll speak it and I'll come to you when it's the appropriate time. And we'll through practice, we'll get better at moments of discernment to say, I'm discerning that this is the right time. So it's not that we just wait for YAH just to tell us every time. But I had a, a scripture come to mind when you were bringing this out about the, if somebody wants it, that, the Ethiopian eunuch and Philip that he was in the chariot reading out of Isaiah. Mother told Philip to go to the chariot and that wouldn't have happened if he didn't want it. And he wasn't seeking God with all of his heart because he was reading there and it said to go to the chariot and stay close to it. And he was, he came up and said is the the person that's here is he talking about himself or somebody else? And it said that he preached Messiah to him and They were going along and he said, well, here's water. Why can't I be baptized? And he said, if you believe with all your heart, you may. And he went into the water, but we don't have any art where you need to follow him. You need to go visit him all the time. You need to make sure that he's following. And no, because if somebody's seeking with all their heart, God will lead them step by step in what they need. Not that Philip couldn't go back or minister to him or something like that, but we don't have any record of the eunuch. And what record do we need that we know that he was seeking after God? Because why would mother send him there and speak to the aspect of that, that he was how, I don't know how it was doing it. If it was, I don't even know at that time, if they had a book or anything, but he had a copy of a scroll or something that he was reading and made it clear that he was reading Isaiah. I think it was 53 about Messiah and that he was like, "Who is this talking about? And he explained Messiah to him, but he explained it with the old Testament. And then he was convinced by the word of God that the word of God, I'm discerning that the word of God convinced him. It wasn't that Philip, what he told him, it was, I do believe this. I want to be baptized. Well, he was convicted by the word. The word is what pierced it that cut him to the heart to, well, you know, I want to repent to God. I want to turn to this, to have Messiah. But that I had that come to mind and as well as, You've seen the movie, A Few Good Men with Jack Nicholson and Tom Cruise. Well, I had a different take on that famous scene that out of frustration and anger, Tom Cruise says, I want the truth. And Jack Nicholson says, you can't handle the truth. And I had a a picture come in my mind of Job is, I want the truth. And God says, hey, Job, you can't handle the truth. So I'm going to, but it wasn't from a, like Jack Nicholson was from a frustrated, selfish, um, how are you, dare talk to me? But the Yah speaking back to let me give you the truth. And then what happened to Job? Well, I repent. And it made me think of this aspect that we have the opportunity to be able to be given the opportunity to handle the truth from an appropriate manner that, okay, I'm going to give you this sword. Make sure that you handle it appropriately so that you don't cut yourself when you think that you're actually going to help and cut somebody else, that if you don't speak this truth appropriately, then you're going to cut yourself because it's a double-edged sword that we don't realize that even thinking about this, that we're handling the sword by the blade instead of handling the sword by the handle, which mother is the one that has the sword and knows how to use it. So when she says, speak this, you're handling the sword appropriately, but if you step out, we step out and no, I'm going to speak this, then you're going to cut yourself and you're going to hurt yourself. And you have the opportunity for somebody else to get cut. And mother is the precise surgeon that knows how to use the word of God appropriately to cut somebody because even with surgery that you're cut so that you can be healed. So the sword is used as a surgical tool so that you can be healed you can have sin taken out of your heart and put into your body of flesh what's speaking really to me about this is be careful how you handle the things of god because it not only affects you it affects god and it affects other people to make sure that we're being really careful that we're as an ambassador that it's just like in the world where you're an ambassador for your school you're an ambassador for your work wherever you are that you're the example you're the one that is showing Messiah in the world. So be careful what we do that we're not here peddling this for profit. We're not here to make a gain and make money. And no, this is about speaking the truth to people that those who really want it, that are hungering and thirsting for righteousness, that when they do that, they will be filled But it will be God that they will fill, fill them not just because they listen to this and they're filled because we're saying it. It's we're called to speak the truth. And this is a, and we've said this before this podcast is first of all a help for us first so that we're making sure that we're keeping ourselves accountable to what we say what we do and if somebody does have a question and say hey i was listening to what you're saying and i was looking into it is that i have a question about this and we shouldn't be looking at it like you don't question us like the pharisees how dare you lecture us no if we have that attitude then we better be evaluating ourselves because we welcome any and all questions. Now, that doesn't mean that we're going to answer every question with a big drawn out answer. Some answers may be, we're not going to get into that right now. We'll save that for another time where we're going to focus on this aspect, but we're called to be prepared to give a good answer anytime that we're given a question. And if we're really, if we're confident in what we're saying and what we know, then we'll take any question. We're not going to say, well, we don't talk about speaking in tongues because that's controversial. Well, that's that's not a good answer. It's not controversial. It's in the word of God. It's a gift of mother. How could it be controversial unless you make it controversial that it's just you don't understand it or you don't want it's something selfish where you don't want that affecting whatever church you're a part of that people may say something, but that's a gift of mother that's mentioned in the word of God that it's very much appropriate just because you don't understand it doesn't mean that it's inappropriate. But for for me, with just this recent Passover, just recognizing things that I hadn't seen before, but it was when you brought some things to my attention, it wasn't you convincing me, it was God. And even when the conversation was, it was just like, don't take this as it's from me because it's coming through me, but it's not my truth. You work it out with God, not with me, because I listened to this song here recently, and I don't know all the words. It, it was, I think it was one of Johnny cash's last songs It's called hurt. And he was talking about, it seemed like he was talking about his life and he was talking about, I will bring you hurt. Don't depend on me because I will at some point disappoint you. And Phil, at some point I'm going to disappoint you. You're going to disappoint me at some point in our relationship. Something, I'm not saying something's going to happen, but y'all will not disappoint Y'all will do what they say they're going to do because we are not perfected yet, that we have things that we may say we're going to do, and we don't fulfill it, but God will not do that. Whatever promise Y'all makes, they will fulfill it. So the confidence is in, that's where the true influential, as you said, comes from, is it's a confidence in God and in their truth is the appropriate way to have it, not confidence in self, because that's pride from an arrogant aspect. You can have pride in God from a right perspective, that I am proud of this truth because it's the best thing for everybody, but I'm not going to go to an arrogant side to where I'm going to an extreme side. I'm going to be, matter of fact, that I am proud of my children. I am proud of what they're doing, but not from a selfish perspective, from a a matter of fact, truth perspective,
1: When we look at the reality of truth, the first place we have to bring it is to ourselves. And the first thing we have to do is dig in to our subconscious, which is something that many people don't know how to do to be able to rectify things. You have to be able to go back to your past. You have to be able to see situations Uh, and things that that your mind hid from you so that you would feel comfortable, you have to go back and visit those in order to change your mindset that you made in that instance, in that moment. You made a, a mind change, and then you process that into your lower conscience. Well, you have to find it, then make a different change, and then start to process it out. And... Here's the thing with the disappointment thing that you brought. Though there may be t- a time where you disappoint me or I, or a time that I disappoint you, the farther we grow in faith towards God with both of us, the less we will disappoint each other, just like same thing with me and my wife. And I've seen that in both circumstances where the disappointment becomes less and less because we're becoming as the same, which is being like Messiah. And if we're being like Messiah, then why would anything you do that you're being like Messiah, you'd be disappointed in? Now, if we're going to have a disappointment, it's going to be because of some worldly perspective thing we carried out. That we didn't, maybe we didn't evaluate. We didn't see it coming from the lower conscience, um, but I know that if I if I did something like that and it was brought to my attention, I would want to make it right. I would want to say, "Well, wow! I didn't realize I did that." I'm going to do this, or I'm going to I'm going to make a change within that, um, because again, the unity is much more important than anything else we can do as the body of Messiah to be unified, to be the unified church within the midst of what we're doing so that we are of one mind and one body, which is the mind of Messiah and the body of Messiah.
0: Had this parable come to mind from the word of God that, just speaks again to we are not in a place to convince somebody of the truth. That's to just present it clearly. The parable of the rich man and Lazarus, Messiah was speaking that on the one side, you had Lazarus with Abraham, and on the other side, you had the rich man. And um, speaking to each other that, please, just give give me even just one moment in this agony and torment, even just dip your finger in water just so I can have a drop of water and Abraham making it clear to him, you had your time on earth. You did the things that you did and Lazarus didn't have those things. Now he's in a place of comfort and you're in torment and the rich man making a plea, please just send somebody back. Even if just send somebody back to convince my family, then they'll repent. Well, how did he know about the truth if he rejected it how in the world would he know well that's the thing the word of god is living and active that once you pass over from death to life you're going to know there won't be any or are you just kind of in nothingness and you're just floating around and just waiting you're dead no you'll be in a place where you'll know because the overflow of the heart is what comes out of the mouth so they'll repent if 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 you send somebody from the dead and Abraham didn't say, all right, we'll go ahead and send them back. And you just tell them to go out and convince everybody of the truth. He said, no, they have the law and the prophets. Let them listen to them because if they listen to them, then they'll come to this place on this side, they'll find the fullness of faith. But that's the thing. Our responsibility is to speak the truth. As you said, speak it boldly and with confidence. And if somebody suppresses it, ignores it, that's on them because if you listen to the truth and apply it, because if you're listening, you'll apply it and you'll find it. And that's, that tells you, Abraham didn't say you have the words of Jesus and you just listen to them. He said, you have the law and the prophets. The law was put in place to show you that you're a sinner. It's to affect to put you on a path of you're condemned, what are you going to do with it? Are you just going to stay where you are? Are you going to turn to God and find the way of obedience in the Son and trust and walk in that until you die? You die in faith. These parables that Messiah gave, and you could say the truth of it, and the truth is when you pass from this life, your fate is sealed. Now I'm going to give you a parable to give more information. Let's explain this. So that you can understand that there is a chasm that's there, that it's fixed. That once you leave this life, whatever decision you made, if you have circumcision of the heart and you died in that, then you will be on Abraham's side. If not, you'll be in the place of torment. There is no, like you said, there is no, well, I think this, I think that there's purgatory. I think that we don't have anything in the word of God that says anything about a purgatory, a holding place, a second chance. No, it actually makes it clear that you don't have a second chance because of this parable and also that it's even worth cutting off a hand and entering into the kingdom maimed to get away from this body of death. Do anything you have to do to get find the place of wisdom, find wisdom, so that you won't find this place of torment. And it was like you were saying that in the world, how many different denominations are saying different things but if you went up to them and you said well do you have the absolute truth and all these people have the rest well no they just and this is just opinion that they may say well we have it and they have it we just agree and disagree on certain things but the word of god makes it clear messiah says if you're not with me you're against me that with me means the truth of god you agree with all of it even if you don't understand it or you're against it. If you're against one thing in it, then you're against all of it, that you have to be in agreement. That's, and this spoke to me the other night when we talked about repent and repentance, that repentance means a turn to God, that you're willing to turn to the father and accept his truth, no matter if you understand it or not. That's why it's mentioned, trust in the Lord with all your heart and don't lean on your understanding. You're willing to turn to God that God, I don't understand all this, but I know it's right. And Whatever you say and do, I'm in agreement with it. I'm going to walk in it. Okay. So now let me teach you my ways and I'll lead you to my son and, and you go on further. But so much of this is through programming and through choice. People will just believe what other people say because it feels good to them because of their brainwashing and mind control. And you have to be willing to say, no, I am willing to be wrong in order to be right. I'm willing to be open to be wrong. I'm willing to put everything on the shelf, put all this from my childhood of Christianity or whatever it is, I'm willing to put that all aside side because I want to know the truth no matter what. In that circumstance, you can get away from it, but you have to be willing to say, I could be wrong in this, but that people, the more the programming is in place and the more years that go by, it just makes it harder for people to find it. It's not impossible to find faith at an older age, but the the program you've got to fight through really just comes down to a choice that you make a choice that you're going to seek God with all your heart. It's just, well, it depends on each person how long it would take, but more than likely if somebody is, let's say 60, 70, 80 years old, all that programming, you have to be willing to get away from all that. And a lot of people just aren't willing to do that. Some would be, but not it's probably not a high chance.
1: Yeah, because it's it's a mindset of determination that the truth matters to you more than you matter to yourself. And that's a sign of you dying to self is that, no, I want to know the truth and I don't care how it affects me. That can only make me better as I learn the truth and as I speak the truth. And so the the truth is a standalone. I don't go ahead.
0: Oh, then I I just thought I thought that I I thought of it as a rock, that the truth of God is immovable. Like you can't come upon it and sway it or move it. It's just like Josh had brought this out Sunday night that being the sharp double-edged sword that, that sword is pointed at you. And if you try to fight against it, you're getting hit on the blade on this side. If you go to the other side, you're getting cut on the other side. So you're getting cut. If, if you fight against it, you're the one that gets hurt. The, the truth isn't going to get hurt. Like you can, Messiah said this to Paul, Paul, you know, Saul, why are you persecuting me? You're kicking. It's hurting you. You're kicking against the goads. You're, you're kicking against the sword and you don't even realize that you're cutting yourself and you don't even, realize it come around on this side come around on the side where you can handle the sword come on this side of it so that you can learn to speak the truth and be able to affect other people and not hurt yourself but you're just hurting yourself but he didn't that was the thing I saw at that time before he became Paul he didn't realize what he was doing and that's why Messiah like you don't realize what you're doing here that you have such a zeal for my father's truth but you're just you're missing a piece that you're actually persecuting me by what you're doing, but your zeal for God shows your dedication. And I'm just going to give you the truth of this so that you can actually come at it from the right perspective. Because that's the thing that um, a zeal for God is good. I mean, people that, even though it's not done from the right way, that you're willing to kill other people for God, because God's a terror, that I could see y'all respecting people that would be willing to do that. But not, necessar- not from the aspect of the how you're doing it, but the mindset of just seeing God as a terror that you better turn to God because you, God is a terror and you better, and that was good, but you're just missing the appropriate piece. So I'm going to bring this to your attention so that, and then he obviously accepted it and moved on with it. But a lot of people may look at people that, well, how could people strap a bomb to themselves and be willing to do that? But that's the kind of commitment that God's looking for, that that full commitment that you're willing to put a bomb to yourself because of the terror and that you're going against this God that I'm so convinced of is right. That, But you're just doing it from the wrong perspective. But from the, the zeal aspect, I could see God looking at that as that's good to have zeal, but make sure it's with the true knowledge that you're doing it. Don't do it with zeal without knowledge because then you get yourself into a panic. But that that's the kind of commitment it takes. You're willing to even blow yourself up for this God that you believe in, but that's what it takes. You have to be willing to give your very life to God, no matter what they ask for.
1: Well, and if you look at how people try to handle God today, they handle God as though God is uh, democratic, that it's a democracy, not as a Democrat, but just a democracy that God is a democracy. So you'll get a choice. You get a choice. You get a say in what happens and what doesn't happen. And the reality is, is God's, eye, uh, God's kingdom is a, uh, extreme. It, it would actually, this is why the zeal, because it's an extremist perspective, which means that God has no gray. They have black and white, cut and dry. That's why people don't like the Old Testament. They don't like reading through the Old Testament. They don't like it because everything God does is cut and dry, straightforward. Matter of fact, uh, this is the law. You broke it. You die, period, end of it, and people don't like that, but that's the reality of God. God's the same today as they were when they first created everything. And when the Old Test the God of the Old Testament is the God of today. Now, there are many gods, lowercase g, that people have in their mind that they'll put to the one true God. But they're going to find out that God's not a democracy. God is expecting that when they say to do something, that you will do it, and if you don't, you will pay the consequence. And we've been so softened, or it's been so softened in today's society that people think they have the ability to change what the Bible says, and to to say that, uh, no, well, the Bible didn't say that, or the Bible didn't say that, and God doesn't agree with this, or God doesn't do that. You better go back and get a grip and get a reality check because God's the same today as they were in the old Testament and they will handle people in such a fashion. God used mankind to do those things, but in the end it will no longer be, it it has been taken away from man by the work of Messiah and God will take care of those things just because they're not doing something about it right now does not mean that you're going to get away with what you're doing. And there are many people, many, many people that claim faith in God. And I'm not just talking about Christianity. I'm talking about other religions that are split or divided. And with those divisions, they cannot stand. The true church of Messiah will never be divided. It will never be split up. It will only be the church operating in a different location. It will not be split by denominations because the Messiah's church is not denominational because it's not optional. It's not optional for you to stop and decide, well, we don't like it this way, so we're going to do it this way. And, well, we, we don't like it this way, so we're going to split again and do it this way. And God's patient, and they're allowing people to do this. But unfortunately, if those people don't truly repent and find the true God, the terror God, and become his friend, they're going to meet him as a terror in the end, right before they get ushered off to the lake of fire, and they will be the only one to blame because they rejected the truth of God. It's not going to be, well, I'll, I'll talk to God when I get there and, and we'll, we'll settle. No, you won't. Either you, when you left this earth, you had fullness of true faith in God or you didn't. And whichever one you had, you will get the consequences. No purgatory. There's no place where you can go and then make it right and then get back to the other side. No, that was the purpose of the parable that was told by Messiah with the rich man of Lazarus that you spoke about that there's a chasm that separates to do the two and neither one can cross from one to the other. It is an impossibility. So there is no holding place. The only holding place that existed was the holding place of everybody who perished between the flood and Messiah's death. There was, there was a holding place, but it wasn't purgatory. It wasn't a place where you were earning your way into the kingdom. It was a place where everybody was held until Messiah went and took his his people, the captives, and led them in his train to go to uh, the place called Abraham's side to wait for the end, and then uh, receive their allotted inheritance, just like Daniel, at the end of days. So... It's just, I, it's really important that people understand that God's not playing. And many people are getting away with things, quote unquote, but they're not getting away with it. They're not. And it will, it will be called into account. So your best objective is to get it right now get it fixed before you perish before you die from this earth because if you don't you're going to find out you're going to find out that God's not democratic God is not the soft teddy bear from the charmin commercial no god is you're going to find out that God is the rock solid firm and no get away from me i never knew you and there is no gray with god so many people are following a false god that allows you to have the gray that allows you to sin that allows you to do these things and truly the zeal for god should be I mean that's the one thing that that the uh extremist perspective have is zeal but they don't have zeal for god they have zeal for their own their own ways because if they had zeal for god they would do what God said and believe in his one and only son is his son said, okay, now it's not in your hands anymore. And God said, no, we're not going to do this by the hands of man. Vengeance is mine. I will repay your, it's not for you to go into some religious jihad and have a religious war that that was in the past. That was, that was, uh, before Messiah perished after Messiah, don't worry about it. Leave it in my hands. And trust me, there's there's a religious jihad coming. And it's going to be that final battle, the Battle of Armageddon. You you want to talk about a jihad, and that's going to be it. And you're either on God's side or you're not. You're either going to obey what the Bible says, regardless of how man twists it to make it feel good, or you're going to believe the enemy and twist the Bible and let make you feel good here, and that's the concept again from the rich man of Lazarus. You're going to twist all the truth of God in the Bible to make you feel good here. But in the end, you're going to be in torment like the, like the rich man. And it'll be the opposite for those who see the importance and the um, understanding of the truth of God and how serious it we'll be at rest. The ones that work hard now uh, will be at rest in that time. The ones that rest now will be in torment in the end.
0: As you were speaking, I had um, or share a vision I had in mind about uh, rich, the rich man and Lazarus, that that chasm that's fixed is Messiah. And, and I'll explain what, what was given to me. I'm, I'm looking at you face to face. Okay. Let's just say that we've got, because I'm standing in front of you, but I'm going to stand here that I'm the chasm that's here that you're facing me because you had faith in God, but those that are at my back are on the other side. And it made me think of when Messiah did his work, that the chasm that was fixed, that once you die in Messiah, that you're on the side of paradise, just like a picture of the garden of Eden, that you're now back with God, that, you can walk on the cool of the day but because you're at my back just like before you turn to God before you repent and you're face to face your back is to God and his back is to there because lord lord did not do all these things i never knew you get away from me that i'm i'm the door that's standing there that you can't come in because it's a fixed my i'm i'm the the door that you can only come in to the house of God but through me but if you're against me that you're at my back and it just made me think of when the righteous are standing there that he's in the middle and it's just like all right come in through me but on this side you're at my back and it's fixed here because messiah he's the plumb line he's the measuring rod that if you're not in him that you're not because he's the door he, he's the only way into the kingdom and if you're in him then you'll be able to enter but if not he's the door that's shut to where my back is to you and you no know, go out to the trash heap just uh just sitting there thinking about that what a beautiful example that if you're facing god because you've turned to god then you're face to face but if you haven't turned to god you're at god's back and then therefore you're not with me and i never knew you'd get away from me that he's the chasm he's what's fixed that that's the way into the kingdom you 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 either cross over through him or he could even be a picture of the jordan that he's that the the um water of life that's there and unless you're in him you can't cross it you can't cross over into the kingdom unless you're with him
1: You must, you must have that faith in Messiah. And it is not the soft faith that is being taught in, uh, I dare say, I even call them churches because the true church is the body of Messiah. It's just important for people to know and understand because you may not like to hear what's being said, but the reality of it is true. And we don't want anyone to perish, but it's not in our hands. It's our responsibility to be the watchman that when we see, when we see trouble coming, we warn the people. And this is what we're doing with this podcast is we're warning the people. Hey, trouble's coming. You, you take take heed. Ah, uh, they don't know what they're talking about. And, and then the enemy's gonna overtake them like a flood. We we're not doing this because we what gain do we get out of it? That what we get is the opportunity to be obedient to God, to do to speak and do what God tells us to do. That's all we get out of it. We don't get anything from anybody who uh, is in a different faith perspective and turns to God. We get nothing. God gets that. God gets the glory for that. God gets the reception of that person. But it's not a soft society. It, It is a God is extreme and when i say extreme it just means plain and simple matter of fact black and white and this is the way it is doesn't matter if you like it or not because in the end it's all going to be settled it's all going to be done and i'll give a an absolute piece of truth and we've spoken about this before in the past but The young man on the cross that you spoke of about being in paradise with I, well, Messiah said today, surely today you'll be with me in paradise. And people perceive that, well, that thief on the cross got to go to heaven. And no, with absolution and truth, that thief is not in heaven. That thief that was on the cross is at Abraham's side, awaiting with Abraham and everybody else who has perished for that final final day, the final judgment, and then everybody will go in at the same time. And that's spoken of in Daniel, and it's spoken of towards the end. Of Hebrews, where in Daniel, Daniel's told, You're gonna go, you're gonna rest in the earth, and at the end of days. You will arise to receive your allotted inheritance. Okay, well, at the end of days, that's when, when time exists no more. And when time exists no more for this, uh, for this creation, then it's done away with. And that means white throne judgment, receive your allotted inheritance. And then in Hebrews, it says that nobody had entered in because God had something greater planned that only together with us would we all go in and that's the purpose for abraham's side is so that everybody who perishes before messiah returns goes to that place once messiah returns those that are there and those that are caught up that's it there will be no more decisions for salvation when the rapture happens to being caught up with messiah that's when he's returning and when he returns, there will be no more decisions of for Christ, because the fact that nobody is turning to God is why these things are going to happen. It's that's the time frame at, at which it's going to happen. So we can't we can't pinpoint it. We can't figure it out, but the Father knows. And at appropriate time, that's what's going to take place. Then, when the thousand year reign is done. And then everybody is gathered before Yah at the white throne judgment. Those who were at Abraham's side and those that ruled and reigned with Messiah will enter, will be given entrance into the kingdom. And everybody else will be ushered off to the abyss. And, and it's in that moment in the kingdom that every knee will bow. And every tongue confess, including those people who are going into the abyss will bow and confess that Yeshua is Messiah to the glory of God. And then they'll be ushered off into the abyss because at your point of death, this you already know, and you know that it was your lack of choosing see it doesn't matter how old you are doesn't matter how young you are it's a matter of a choice but you have to make the choice with a steadfast solid unmoving mindset that god is more important to you than anything else and you're going to figure it out when you do that that's what's going to give you the ability To travel through the gospel message because you're going to be seeking it out with all of your heart. And if you do it with diligence, then you will move through it at a pretty good rate. It it doesn't have to take a long time. It really is more determined, it's not determined by time, it's determined by your mindset going into it. If you're going to give your absolute all, then you're going to get it quicker on because what's going to happen is somebody else isn't going to get it until they give their absolute all. And then it's just a matter of time. It doesn't matter how long it takes. As long as you're giving your all, you will get it, but it has to be your all and it has to be for the glory of God, not for the glory of self. And so just a, a lot of important things and, you know, It's like you wish you could shake people or you wish you could touch them or you wish you could do something to get them to see the reality of truth instead of continually rejecting God and the reality of who God is, but we can't do that. All we can do is speak the truth, live the truth, and then be influential to those who walk in like patterns.
0: Well, <clears throat> we'll actually end on this for tonight because it's a really good discussion. Phil, so, you know where this just came to mind, our responsibility, and not just us, but those who are ambassadors for Messiah as well, is we are just like Messiah in the parable of the sower, because what we do, just like him, he's throwing seed, which is the word of God. And what we do is we throw the seed. And the seed is going to fall on hard ground and the seed is going to fall on the ground that's got the thorns and thistles and the rockiness and the because it falls on that mind of but if it falls on good ground somebody that really wants it and it falls on that good ground it's the the truth that seed that breaks open and starts growing because like it says that one plants one waters but what's the plant it's the seed because even messiah when they said explain this to us and The sower is the son of man. The seed is the word and you throw it on hard ground. The birds, just like the enemy, it comes up and it's snatched away because you're, you're, you're hardened in your mind. You're not willing to accept it. But those that have the good ground that you're willing to accept it, because he even told them, if you don't understand this parable, how can you understand all the parables? This is the key is just like laying it on the table is like, there's a bag of seed here. Well, I want that. I'm going to take it and plant it and get a return because it says if, if it's in good ground, then some will receive this. I can't remember the amounts, but such and such an increasing measure, but some minds you, it gets choked out because of the cares of the world. And it's telling you that what we're attempting, well, I'll just speak for me. What I've been attempting is taking the seed and trying to open the person's mouth and get them to eat it and plant it or no, but if I don't want it, what's somebody going to do? They're going to spit it out or, they're not going to accept it, but if they accept it, then there'll be fruit from it. So that's what we're called to do: is just sow the seed. And if somebody want, if it's going to, somebody wants to hear it, they'll apply it. If not, then God will take care of it, just like the wheat and the tares. That just leave them alone; we'll, we'll take care of it in the end. But the responsibility of those that are truly ambassadors for God—that just just speak the truth boldly, leave it alone. And it's up to each person to hunger and thirst for righteousness in this. But yeah, Phil, as we say, it's a good stopping point. A lot of good information. But yeah, the Passover, so much to learn from the Passover celebration because faith in God is continually passing from death to life, changing your mind to the things of God. So Phil, anything else you have for us or nothing? All right, well, we're um, grateful to God for them giving us this opportunity to speak their truth. And uh, next podcast, Lord willing, will be Saturday. And um, until then, everybody, have a good day and good evening.
1: Thank you for joining us today on Hidden Treasures Revealed. We want to leave you with this thought. The greatest treasure in life, and especially in faith, is discovery. If we try to convince you of things, you may gain head knowledge. But if we let you discover things, you will have heart knowledge. To know and understand and be able to give a good answer for the faith that you have. Treasure hunters seek treasure non-stop. Seek the treasure of God through conversation with them and through their word. Ask, seek and knock. Ask and you will receive. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. Seek the hidden treasure of God, and you will be blessed by it.